1: They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. twenty-four-seven, three hundred and sixty-five 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: Well, I'm not being funny. We're sat here, Daryl, in the words of David Ferguson. It's like do or die tomorrow, isn't it?
3: It is. It's massive. And I think we're all on a very similar page as Pulse fans. Um, we've all said it's arguably, it's not arguably. It is the biggest game of probably the club's history, bigger than... The promotion final at Ashton Gate is just—it's something that is beyond words, really, to beyond measure. Um, over six thousand will be packing the the stands tomorrow at the South Direct Stadium. So I'm hoping, we're all hoping and praying that the lads can turn up, soak in the atmosphere, play up to it, and hopefully put
2: in an absolutely unbelievable shift tomorrow. So before we go into what I can imagine will be. Not heated, but certainly an interesting discussion and and looking at the polls that we put out this morning. Let's just, we have to really do it, rewind to Salford. Uh, I know that you went and you saw what was a a very, very, very disappointing evening football, if you can even call it football from a point of view. Just perhaps you can talk talk everyone through it, the people that didn't get to go like myself, and um, give us a greater insight into that.
3: Yeah, it was it was poor. Probably the words I want to use, I won't use on this platform. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it wasn't good. I mean, I put a tweet out on my way down to, to Salford that I was feeling sick. I was feeling really nervous um, going into the game. I didn't really have a, a huge amount of optimism. It, we haven't won there. It's always been a tough place for Pools to go. And Tuesday night was just another great example of that. Um didn't get going at all, really. Didn't get going. Um, it was just disappointing, really. I mean, I'd said to you, I'd said to my dad the day after, I'd said to a few people, I, I don't mind post-getting beat, it's a part of football, it's an outcome, that's inevitable, you- you're going to win games, lose games, draw games, but getting beat one or 2 nil is one thing, but when you're down there fighting for your Football League status and you're fighting for your lives, what I won't accept is performances like that because it, it just seemed like no one was up for the challenge, no one had any fight, there was no character, there was just nothing, there was 11 people in that pitch who just looked lost, and who didn't seem to have any form of idea what they were doing or how to even play the game, it was it was so disappointing to see, I mean, Salford are a great side, they're up there for a reason, and you know they played a good game of football, they had a game plan which they executed perfectly, you know, for Salford it was getting balls out wide and trying to get balls into the box, into their big centre forward which they did and obviously they reaped the rewards um, for the first goal um, a poor first goal um, Ferguson who was clearly marking his man he, he's you know he's, he's put his arm out he, he's given instructions to Edon Prouty to maybe come out and to press the the, the individual to maybe stop the ball going in and there was nothing you know the ball went in and I'm up being awful Dan Dodds isn't going to win an aerial duel up against this big lanky guy and he absolutely towered over him and to be fair, it was a good header and, you know, he knocked it in and good goal. But then, you know, another examples of really poor defending, you know, it summed up our night. You know, the the ball just, well, everything just seemed to beat Pulls in the midfield. The ball comes to the winger, cuts inside very easily on Dan Dodson, slots it in, Dolly Dolicek for two. And it was just a really poor night. Everything just passed pills by that night and, there was nothing at all positive to say. I think, if anything, we took off Yamera, brought on McDonald and I thought we saw a little bit of a positive impact. We saw a little bit of a, a change in the way we were playing, getting the ball into the box a lot more, you know, looked a lot more threatening than we had been, but ultimately it was just a poor night at the office and it summed up really what was a poor couple of games. Obviously we went at Newport, we know Bailey was, but seemingly we've heard similar reports at Newport Mm -hmm. and the performance from Newport went into that game at Salford and, like I say, it was just a poor night overall. And to make matters worse, the chairman was there with his bum chums. You know, I love Brighton Robson more than anyone, but, yeah, I think, like I say, I won't say much more on that matter, to be
2: honest with you, I'll leave it there. (laughs) So you've touched on the Newport game there as well. Obviously, we've conceded four goals in two games, but I think the most worrying thing for me is the and as you've rightly touched on in tweets and what you've just said there, is the fact that how can the players not be up and motivated and switched on for games like this? We've recently seen, you know, since Aski's come in, a complete switch in the attitude with players applying themselves more, in confidence coming from that, seemingly fighting for everything. I mean, we, we look at the scenes of Swindon when, you know, the fight and passion just shone through I mean as we've said in in a podcast previously the atmosphere there was well when when we even when we equalized was one of the best atmospheres I've seen in a very long time down at poles and then we've had the highs obviously of Grimsby as well and we we picked up some good points like at Bradford but do you feel that we've I know it's been going around on Twitter a bit but do you feel that we've kind of slipped a little bit backwards and a little bit more into what we saw under Hartley and Curl? Or do you think that's just a a bit of a throwaway comment from people running away with emotion? It's hard to say. I mean, it is. the problem is when you're down
3: there, every game matters. So I think if we were up there and and we already had safety, then you wouldn't be as bothered. But the fact that we're down there, it is two games, but every game matters at this point. Mm. Um, I I can't put my finger on it. I really, really can't. Obviously... I I've saw the highlights back from Newport and the goals we conceded there were poor. And again, Aski took a little bit of the, the flak at, down at Newport because of his. Obviously, he made the decision to change things up, formation wise, personnel wise. But we all called for changes going into Salford. He changed things up. We went back to a five, at the back. Were you
2: worried? Just to interrupt, were you worried when you seen how inexperienced the back line was?
3: I've said for a while, that defensively we're not good enough. You know. I'm not having to go Prouty or Foran or Dodds because at the end of the day, they are inexperienced and they've debuted in the Football League for the first time, but at the end of the day, these individuals aren't good enough. The defensively, we're not good enough and to be honest with you, and that goes for the, the more senior players. I mean, Ferguson was horrendous on Tuesday mm-hmm. night and he's the captain. He couldn't get anything right. Sterry, I know he's had season this year. He's had a tough year mentally and you know he's had a season plagued of injury, but when he has been playing... You know, and we have needed our senior players to step up, they haven't. No. And they haven't been good enough. So overall, I'm not going to hone in on these young lads because we know they're vulnerable, we know they're not good enough, but the whole back five hasn't been good enough. And this is one of my biggest worries, and it has been my biggest worry, going into the back end of the season, when, especially when you looked at the fixtures that we've had and the fixtures that we've still got to play. You know, We've got to go to Stockport, we've got Barrow next week. on wise yeah, but defensively... It's a worry. It really is a worry because we can't keep clean sheets, and we're just a nervous wreck.
2: Well, we're we're clearly missing you and Murray as well, and, and I know, perhaps a few individuals might scoff at that because they perhaps still not come round to the fact that you and Murray is actually putting in shifts week in week out, and you know I think he deserves every ounce of credit he's getting. Unfortunately, he's injured at the moment, but you've also touched there on quite a good point. I'm gonna ask you this question which you may find difficult to answer, but knowing you you have an answer for most things, so I'm <laughs> sure you'll be alright. Um but do you think more needs to be done on the side of the senior players? Do you think they're stepping up to the plate?
3: I'm gonna say no. And I think she was an example of that. You know, we had more than you know, more than enough um quality. Um more experienced players, Ferguson, Stirry, who's been opposed to the National League, you've got Cook, who's a a good experienced football league, international, Jennings has been around long enough, you know, I'm not honing on everyone, but in relation to your question, we've got more than enough experience, in. you know, I've listened to different interviews with different players who say, you know, there's more than enough leaders, Mm -hmm. so to speak, Mm -hmm. in the dressing room, you've got Hartley, Fevs, at the moment, no, not enough's been done, You, you need, you know, when you're down there, you need your senior players to step up. You need someone to you know to grab these players by the scruff of the neck to say, "Come on, mm. you know, regroup, rally." In on Tuesday, I saw nothing. I saw no kind of leadership. There was no kind of you know vocality from Ferguson. There was just
2: that's what you need from a captain yeah. at the end of the day. And that, I think that's what's worrying me most at the minute. These players don't seem to be stepping up to the plate for some reason. There doesn't seem to be that fight that hunger that leadership a lot of key characteristics that you need to be successful in the battle that we're in so yeah all all really interesting discussion now as is standard procedure we've put out some questions and and what we'll do like we did with the last episode we'll go through each question one at a time some of them will require a bit of discussion some of them won't but first question was and you know thank you to everyone who's voted 156 on this one Is tomorrow do or die? Now, before I show you the poll results, Davo, is tomorrow do or
3: die? 100%. I think losing's not an option tomorrow. I think ASCII knows that. He said himself, you know, it's a must win. Um, How many points are we behind Crowley now? Is it three? Three. Three points. Got six tomorrow, potentially. And goal difference to take into account as well. Two games to play. Barrowed home, Stockport away. I mean, they are not two games you want pools to. No to have to win because it's a a tall order to you. Just, you know, tomorrow is is a must win. It's as simple as that.
2: Now, I've said it to you personally. I've said it to quite a few people. I think even if we get a point tomorrow, that's not enough. For me, you know, at the end of the day, it's all right it being three points and and a goal difference or whatever to turn around with three games to go. But you've got to take into account that we're saying from this that they wouldn't lose another game so we'd have to say say we draw tomorrow that's still three points difference in gap right and the goal difference will still be the same we've got to hope that we win and then we've got to win again and we've got to hope that Crawley lose both of those or at least well no we don't have they don't need to lose both of course they if they're three points ahead they win one that's six points but if we win two we'll will it's the goal difference isn't it that's that's an issue um really and for me, we can't afford to just have a point tomorrow. Because, um, as I say, that leaves us on the same amount of points, three points with two games to play. We've got to then overturn that and hope that they lose that to take it back to zero, which in main it goes down on the final day. And I know that one of the lads um, also said that Crawley can only go down on the final day now, um, which isn't a stat you want to hear. So 85% of you have said yes, no doubt at all, um, that tomorrow's do or die 10 percent of you have put i'll lose faith if no win and no we march on whatever five percent um which is extremely interesting um but we'll, we'll swiftly move on to the second question we put out how confident are you after the last two performances that we will still secure safety now I know where I'm still on this, and I'll, I'll touch on it briefly. So 90 people voted, and 19% of them voted on We're Gone Already. Now, I might get shot down for this big time um, and having this thought. I, I said to a lot of people, and I know you'll be able to back us up on this, I said if we do not, if we lose at Salford and we don't match what Crawley have done, which is obviously they got a point, then for me, I can't really see us I know we're only three points behind as I've said and I know we can turn that around but I struggle to see where we're getting a win based on the last two performances for me. that That's where I stand and I'm definitely between the 19 and the 59% of you have put I'm losing hope. I'm definitely not saying it hasn't changed for me which was 22% but I'm more edging I'm afraid to say and you know, as I've said, I can potentially get shot down, but I'm I'm edging towards we're, we're gone already. Davo, what are you thinking?
3: Yeah, I mean, I understand that. I mean, I said if, if, if that's going to be the standard between now and the end of the season, given who we've got to play, then yeah, you would argue where the win's going to come. But I mean, look, forget about the last two performances. It's now time to focus solely on tomorrow. What's in the past is in the past. You can't change that, but you can control what happens in the future. And tomorrow's a huge opportunity for these lads to to turn up. We're going to be there in number, creating an absolutely unbelievable atmosphere. Crawley have been shambolic away from home. They've won one all season. It's a huge opportunity. It really, really is. And the players will know that. John Askey knows that. I mean, I'll always have hope. I'll always have faith. You know, that's me as an individual. You know, I'm, I'm always optimistic you know until it's mathematically over and we're down then I'll worry about it then but yeah I'm confident tomorrow the lads will turn it around I'm... <sighs> to be honest if, if the lads don't turn up tomorrow in front of a crowd of 6,000 plus against the Pibble Crawley side who have only gone once away from one then for for me
2: I'll be asking questions I really will well that leads extremely well into what Kenny said if we don't win that's National League for us I reckon Barrow will be difficult enough but Stockport in front of a sellout home crowd and a team vying for our mics, no chance. Interestingly, Tom came back, I'd like to think we have a chance at Stockport and Kenny responded, I'd like to think so too, but can't see it. One of the only teams I've seen this season that have been truly relentless and picked us apart with efficiency. I'd like to hope John Askey can provide more of a tactical bat with DC than curl, but with a setting, it's going to be tough. And I think that's why I edge more towards the we're gone already side of the argument because... It's the nature of the performances that worry me most. And as you say, if you cannot get up for a game like tomorrow, you're in the wrong
0: industry, you're doing the wrong job. Because I know... Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: on one one six one two three. That's one one six one two three. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, twenty four seven, three hundred and sixty five days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: If it was yourself, it was me, it was any of the lads, anyone who goes and watches polls, they would be flipping high on it. It's it's about balancing it. It's not about getting carried away, but they would be so pumped up for it. Um. So yeah, it's it's an interesting one. And we asked, will we do the job tomorrow? 53%. Yes, of course we will. 34% of you, I'm not so sure. And 13% of you saying no, I fear the worst. Now, we've already had this discussion. So I'm just going to read out the result of the polls that this came in a previous episode. However, does Wes get a chance to start tomorrow? If you vote yes, comment who for below. So 50% voted yes, we need freshness and 50% put no still on the bench. Kenny again, thanks for your contribution. He said, difficult one, dependent on the system we play and the other personnel in it. We've played with a back five more often than not, purely to try and address a lack of quality with quantity. Wes could start in a five, two, three, but then you need to drop Umrah, Jennings or Dan Kemp, hard choices. And... Dave Frank has put I think we've found wanting with Wes McDonald in the last two outings. Bring him in if things go stale. I'd be tempted to play Finney instead of Cook or even Crawford if he's raring to go. Now we've got the predictions, which we'll talk about later and um, when we do the match preview. But one of the big questions that we're going to talk about now and one that I've seen people discussing And it's something that is a really interesting discussion. You've touched on it at the start of this episode. So we somehow forgot to ask in that series of questions that we sent out. And having seen a few people mention it on socials and proposing this question, we want to know, do you believe? And if you do believe so, where does this place in terms of being one of the biggest games in our history so far now I'll read out what we've had. So the lower league look have been in touch from the outside looking in. I certainly think it's the biggest game of the season so far for any club. It's essentially a game that decides a club's EFL membership for the most part. Good luck. Uh, Lloyd, although I'm sure I did, I don't recall having these nerves before the playoff final. Brian Minton, definitely bigger than Bristol. Ben Hoey, bigger than Bristol in my eyes um, because anything other than three points will put us in massive trouble, which is what I've just been talking about. And Paul Glover also commented saying, biggest game since the playoff final, anything but a win, seals our fate. Davo, question, is this the biggest game in Pulse history? I'll leave you with that.
3: Without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, we knew how important promotion was at Ashton Gate we needed losing that playoff final was not an option but now the idea of going back to the national league with so many questions so many uncertainties and we have no answers to what our future will look like cuz i fear you know people talk about playing in the national league you know going to all these grounds again and playing all these teams again i mean for me personally i worry what our future will be mm. reg- away from the football You know, if we go down, will we have a football club to go and support? You know, will pools be a team, a football club? You know, relegation is just not an option. Tomorrow is, again, in the words of DFX, and it's do or die. you, You lose tomorrow, then for me personally, that's it. You know, it's. I know Crawley have two away games out of their last three games, the home to Walsall next Saturday, but. You look at our fixes, you look at their fixes, I'd much rather be in Crawley's position than our position going into these last three games of the season. So, the way I see it, it's huge, it's massive. You know, we're up for it. We're we'll going there in number tomorrow, like I've said numerous times already through the 18 minutes, just short of 19 minutes recording this episode. The question is, are the players up for it? Will they be up for it? And will they be able to, I suppose, deal with the pressure of being in that stadium tomorrow?
2: I think they'll know about it if they're not up for it. I think it could mm. become very, very, very toxic very quickly. Yeah. 100%. If we start badly and concede a couple, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's going to be, well, it doesn't bear thinking about nor does losing. Um For me, I completely agree. You know, there's been various discussions. Would we go part-time? Which, if we were to go part-time, I can never see it coming back. Not being funny with the money that's available to some clubs in the National League and the fact that most clubs are training. um, I believe most clubs train full-time now. I mean, the ones that are Mm. seriously at the top of the league do. Um, So, look. It's weird. I, I don't think, for me personally, it's kind of sunk in yet, the whole gravity of the game, in a way. That'll sound weird, but what I mean by that is just to unpack it. I think that the club have been sleepwalking a little bit this season and where we're at. I think decisions ever since DC has been made have all led up to the point that we're in at this moment in time. And that is why, for me, I understand it, but it's still a bit like you're numb to it because it's like, what, what are we doing in this position? Like, you know it. I just hope that the people at the club who are responsible for the mistakes that have been made, we all know who it is, um, and I make no, you know, I I do not hide it for one minute that Raj Singh is the fundamental problem at Hartlepool United Football Club. He is, and he always will be until he leaves the club, an issue that will keep the club back from moving forward. I will not for one minute dispute the fact that he saved the football club, But I will not be one of those individuals who you talk to them and they go, oh, well, he saved us, he saved us. Yes, but how long are you going to keep going on for that? Are you going to still be saying he saved us when he walks away from the club, when we're struggling in the National League, potentially? That's the gravity of the situation. And I think until we are out there tomorrow and the game is in full swing, then it will sink in, to me, the you know, that feeling because I'm in that situation. But when I'm kind of talking to you and talking to the boys, I'm still kind of like, is this actually real? Like, are we, no one is bigger than, you know, a few people have this kind of thing when they support a football club that, oh, well, we're this big, we're this size of club, so we don't deserve to go down or we shouldn't be in this league. Do you know what? A lot of clubs are better running us that are smaller than us and that is why they have success. So that's um, my thoughts on the whole situation, and you know I've made them clear before, but I'm not made to. I'm not afraid to make them clear again. The reasons why we sit in this position are due to one individual and the mistakes that he's made along the past coming up two years, um, you know, year and a half, to be precise. So, without further ado, on that note, we will move to the preview um that I believe the club has put out and Davo you are going to kindly read to us in due course as is tradition on HFC chat um but of course full credit goes to the football club so Davo over to you.
3: Describes as the club's biggest match since 2021's promotion final Harley are preparing for the visit of Crawley Town on Saturday, obviously tomorrow, 3pm kickoff. It's third bottom versus second bottom, with both sides looking to land a hammer blow in the fight for survival. Like Pools, Crawley have experienced a disappointing 22-23 season. I think that's a bit of an understatement. <laughs> they sat close to or in the relegation zone for much of the campaign. And their solitary away win came against AFC Wimbledon in March Scott Lindsay is the Red Devils' first-team manager, joining Crawley in January to become their fourth manager of the season. Almost as bad as Pearls. <laughs> after former Pearls' Loney, Kevin, Betty, Lewis, Young and Matthew Etherington. The sides have only met nine times in the past, with each side winning three times and three matches ending in a draw. Earlier this season, Pearls run out 2-0 winners after a rolling many strike and an own goal also did the double over Crowley last season winning 1-0 twice after goals from Omar Bogle and Gavin Houlihan respectively in terms of team news Ewan Murray's injury looks to have ended his season while Peter Hartley is still struggling with concussion protocols, Alex Lacey is unlikely to return before the end of the season too though Matty Dolan's return to the bench on Tuesday gives John Askey more options in defence and midfield and if you sadly for whatever reason can't make tomorrow because it is set to be a sellout, You can still listen along to all the action via the iFollow, and as always, your options are available on the club's official website.
2: Well, thank you for that, Davo. It is, of course, predictions time. We will start with the contributions on Twitter. So, James Laycock, 2-0 win with a good start and an early goal for once from Umrah. <laughs> then a very panicky period before a late Connor Jennings goal seals it. Brian Minton, two on pulls. Pete, two on pulls. Carter from the party. First goal is absolutely massive. We get it, we win. We don't, we might scrape a draw at best. I wonder whether this is a Bailey Winwood fake account here. Um Chris D has said 4-0 no pulls. Um And he's put 4-0 no pulls, 6,755 crowd. Cheers. Uh, Sam Riches. Wishful thinking, maybe, but four nil pulls, Bailey. I don't know who you've been bribing to tweet these, but um, that's a couple of four nils there. And Paul Freeman, uh, fear the worst if Crawley score first. We must see an improvement in attitude and body language. That's bang on, Paul. I've been the same in terms of um thinking about the whole um you know that that whole attitude and going going into games. Um, with the right mindset and actually starting from the off um, is is the most important thing really. Now, for a change, I'm going to ask you for your prediction before mine. Um, so take it away.
3: I'm going 3-1 pulls. Obviously, I never um, fancy pulls to keep a clean sheet for obvious reasons, but we won't go into that again. Um, <laughs> yeah, 3-1 pulls, first goal. Actually, a couple of them tweet a bang on. We have to score the first goal. I think if we do... I think they'll start to feel the pressure, especially with the crowd. You know, it'll certainly lift the roof off Victoria Park or the Sioux Direct Stadium, shall we say. <laughs> um, so, yeah, first goal's massive. Goals, Josh, Jennings and the magic man himself, Dan Kemp. Yeah, I'm feeling it tomorrow.
2: I'm I'm in two minds, really, to be honest, mate, because that could be realistic or I could be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I'm feeling it, I'm, buzzing there's going to be a big crowd for me i don't know we we talk about this crawley have got a poor away record we talk about how it's going to be packed intense which is all they're all true things but my worry is the occasion that it is whether perhaps a few players the younger lads might get a little bit overwhelmed by that and again i don't want to be too difficult and too difficult too harsh on these younger lads as we've touched on but i wonder whether a few of them might find it underwell overwhelming even not underwhelming um and you know that i hope that they embrace that because we all know that you know you look at Prute, he fully cares dunny he's always you know going round, and and i know we spoke to him um a, on a couple of occasions and i think for me it's all about whether we go in with that mindset and that's my only worry, that the confidence has been knocked a little bit recently. And a few of the younger lads might feel the pressure a bit more and, and the overwhelming occasion type thing. Now, I hope I'm wrong and I'm not going to um, you know, go, go too deep into that and I don't want to be too critical. But for me, based on the last two performances, I'm in two minds here because I feel like we could perhaps nick a 1-0 win. Because of Crawley's poor, poor away form, um, despite the you know the despite the difficulties that we've we've encountered recently, so you know what I, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to go with a one 0 pulls win as long as we get three points. That's the most important thing to me. So we'll see what tomorrow brings. But please, as ever, keep the faith. Back the boys. And never say die. And we really do hope that you've enjoyed this episode that we've pulled together. We've personally enjoyed doing it, and you know it's been it's been one that's had plenty to discuss and a lot of topics. And I think as is, as is always important, we always want to speak honestly about individuals. And if we feel that there's an issue at the club, we will call it out. We're you know we're a fans podcast. We're not directly affiliated to the club, so some of those opinions may not be you know reciprocated by certain individuals but at the end of the day it's hfc chat we want to give you as listeners a platform um to voice your opinions as we have done with the polls and we also have our own thoughts but we hope the next time that we, we record an episode which will be in roughly a week's time um we are facing a game against barrow where we can hopefully pull out of that drop zone but until then Catch up on any episodes that you may have missed. Um, I'm sure there's, there's some that that you'll be able to catch up on. If you're all up to date, well, thank you for that. And we really appreciate the support that you constantly give us. I've already finished with our customary um, tagline, but we will see you in the next episode.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around,